tell you that right now, by the math we have, we are beyond $550,000 for this Normathon. There we go. Wow. Austin Street Center for nice. the Nice. Now, during the break, I did the math. We have Sean Bass, the child of the group, Donovan Lewis, Dale Hansen, Randy Galloway, and me. What you're looking at is 187 years in the Dallas media. Fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ham. That's, that's scary. <laughs> and what, what about just straight-up age? I mean, I'm older than Oklahoma, and you two guys... <laughs> You two guys ain't exactly calves. Y'all are eight. Well, I know I, I, I'm 74, and I know I don't look a day over 71 and a half. Uh, um, but my, my problem is I'm 74. Norm, do you? Well, not you, because you're breaking down every day. <laughs> my problem is I'm 74 years old, but my brain, my brain still thinks I'm like 41. But every morning, my body reminds me that I'm actually 106. So it kind of averages out to about 74. <laughs> Galloway, where, where's your brain at? Where's your brain? Uh, I will be in three weeks. I will be 80 years old, and my brain is about 15. <laughs> and I plan to keep it there. It, there you go. Is Very, that gap growing uh, larger by the day, Randy? Be, uh, <laughs> hey, just stay immature. Yeah. You can be immature all your life, and I have been, so well, some, I want to keep that up. Some of you might remember the great Robert Lee Cobb had a band in Dallas for years and played all the clubs. And Robert Lee and I were great friends, and uh, we wrote a song together in, in Austin. And I'm not denying that alcohol wasn't part of this, um, but, the, but the title of the song was, and I just love this, I still think it's a great song, uh, You Never Grow Old If You Never Grow Up. And that's all we wrote. That's all we wrote. I was about to say, could you sing a verse or something? We wrote that down, and we both looked at one another, and I said, uh, man, that that might be the greatest title for a a country song ever. You never grow old if you never grow up. And as soon as we write a verse to that, I'll let you know. (laughs) You got here in 1980. I know Randy Galloway remembers this fellow very well. But did you, when you got here, did you cross paths... With Doug Todd, the Cowboys PR oh, man. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was yeah. he not a piece of work? He was something special. But the Cowboys themselves—that was—that was my real introduction. The Cowboys themselves uh, were incredibly special back then. Oh, uh, you know, and Tex Schramm set the tone. Doug Todd did the grunt work of being the most media-friendly organization that I've ever been involved in, that I've ever ever covered, ever dealt with. Um, Doug Todd was the, the public relations director, and it was just fabulous. And uh, uh, that whole era, uh, for me, I, I was on the tail end of the good days, because uh, after like 83, they fell off the map for a little while. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I lived through the last 26 years of this nonsense. Uh, uh, but, yeah, Doug Todd and that particular Cowboys group is special. So did you, when you got here, Dale, did you think that it was parked and this was going to be the destination forever? Or did you think... Not only did you, because you moved from Nebraska, right? Right. Nebraska yeah. here. Did you think it would be Dallas to somewhere else? No. Or somewhere no, else no. to somewhere else? I've told this story before, and people laugh, but it was true. I, I stepped off the plane. It was in the summer of uh, 1980, the hottest summer on record. And I should have known something was up, because I, I first came to Channel 4 
uh, the, which at that time, KDF, uh, what was that, KDFWs, the CBS affiliate. Mm-hmm. And they told me, when you get off the plane, there'll be a bus out there. You can kind of flag down a bus to come into town. And I should have known right then, this might not work out all that well. <laughs> but I took the bus. I did the interview. Had a couple hours to kill. And I walked around downtown Dallas, which wasn't much in 1980. And I called my girlfriend, who's now been my wife for more than 40 years, and I said, do you want to die in Dallas? Because I'm going to. And I promise you, I fell in love with this city when I stepped off the plane, and I've never looked back. And it wasn't because of the heat? Because it was hot? No, it was hot. Okay. But I, I liked heat, and then I thought, well, maybe I won't get under a snow blizzard like I did in Nebraska back in you know the 70s, and uh, which I love about that. I, I love the fact that in Texas we get like a week and a half of winter. And we all freak out and die. And uh, and those of us who survive it uh, then get back to springtime. I mean, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Well, yeah. don't forget, uh, Norm, now his ass got fired at Channel 4. <laughs> yeah. That is almost impossible to get fired at Channel 4. Oh. There's people that have been at Channel 4 for 120 years. <laughs> you don't get fired at 4 except Dale's ass is fired. Well... <laughs> I had a, as you, as most of you here well know, um, I had a certain ability uh, to get my ass fired a lot. Um, as I looked at the, as I looked at Bill Wilson when he fired me at Channel Four, I said, "You, you do realize you're not getting into any virgin territory here." I mean, um, uh, and then I went, to, so I went to Channel Eight, figuring, okay, well, this will last a couple of years. Now that that this is the other part of it, I thought, well, not that I was going to leave and go somewhere, but I knew I'd eventually get fired. And um, I managed to survive 38 years before they got around <laughs> yeah. to fire me again. He did. And Channel 8, when, when, of course, Vern is leaving. Vern's going. Yeah. Uh, Vern Luckwish is going national. If Dale had had my hair, he could have gone national. <laughs> but he, he used to always, Dale used to always tell me that. Now, but, hey, but, so I, you're stealing my lines that I get you. But, uh, but you so, should have waited for me because I, I would have delivered that line a hell of a lot better. Too, though, I guess. I mean, uh, he's fired at Channel 4, and then this opening at Channel yeah. 8, which is the most button down station oh, yeah, yeah. in town. And suddenly the word comes around. They're hiring Hanson. And I'm going, that ain't going to last. Right, right, That will not survive, and he's been there 50 years. Well, I can't can't even deliver the actual line, but it's this funny. Norm, or uh, you mentioned uh, Vern was preparing. He hadn't left yet. Uh, This was in March of uh, 83, and he left at the end of 83 to uh, to go national full time. But he was just kind of freelancing around the country doing golf tournaments and football games mm-hmm. and basketball and whatever. So he was at Doral in Florida at a golf tournament. Yeah. And I get fired uh, on a Monday. <laughs> um, they inter- they call me on, on Tuesday to set up an interview uh, for Thursday. They hire me. Friday morning, and we're shooting promos, and I'm on the air the following Monday. I didn't well, even get—I didn't get any real vacation time. I was busy. Oh, you had Wednesday. You didn't Wednesday. do a thing Wednesday. Yeah, well, Wednesday. But so they—the <laughs> great Marty Haig calls Vern Lundquist, and just like Gallo was saying, for me at that time to go to Channel Eight was just unheard <laughs> no. of. And he calls Vern Lundquist. There's a note as Vern tells the story in his classic. He gets back, says, "Call Marty Haig ASAP." And Vern's like, man, that could be anything. I mean, you know, yeah. somebody, somebody died. I mean, and he gets he gets Marty Hag on the phone. And he says, you, you might want to sit down. So Vern sat down and he goes, we just hired Dale Hansen. And Vern says, that's where the phrase "you got to be" comes from. <laughs> <laughs> he was shocked. 
And I got hired on that Monday, and, uh, you know, it, it tended somehow to work out. I don't it know. It did work yeah. out. Uh, shockingly, out. <laughs> Randy, I, I've just been sitting here doing the math in my mind. You got hired as a child to write in this area. Yeah, I was uh, 21. The late, great Walter Robertson was sports editor at the Morning News, and I had... Uh, flunked out of North Texas, unfortunately. Oh, now, now that's another thing. We're speaking of another thing that's impossible to happen. <laughs> no, I was going to say. You can't flunk out of North Texas. That I takes can't. real effort. You're, you're knocking me for getting fired at Channel 4. <laughs> and even worse, I'd gone to Sam Houston State down in Huntsville for two years before that, and I failed. it was a mandatory ROTC, R-O-T-C. You had to take it your first two years. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, You've been great at that. Yeah. Well, no, I'm in damn Rotsy. I'm doing yeah. all the marching and everything else except one of the old Army guys who was a class. You had, you had classwork, too. And he called me in, and he went, I've been doing this at about four different colleges for 20 years. For the first time ever, I'm, I've had someone who failed map reading. <laughs> and I went, who was that? He went, You. <laughs> So I kind of had to leave Sam Houston in disgrace. I failed map reading. You you went the wrong way because you couldn't read the map. I I, I hate to break this to you at at this point in your life, but I talked to your mom one time, and, you know, they took you uh, down there not to go to Sam Houston. They wanted to get you familiar with Huntsville and see how long it was going to take them when they drove down to visit you on holidays and weekends. uh, By the way, that's not not far from the truth. But uh, Pluck out of North Texas, go talk to the late, great Walter Robson, sports editor to the Morning News, and he let me work high school football that fall. And then when that fall was up, he said, what are you going to do, Randy? And I said, well, I'm going to go back to North Texas. I had to set out a semester, and he looked at me, and he went, I just don't think education is for you. <laughs> that was, and that's a direct quote. And I went, "Well, good. I was proud of that." <laughs> he said, "There's a job in Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, you need to go down there and, and uh, see if they'll hire you." And I just got married. My wife and I drive. Janine and I drive down, and uh, they hired me on the spot. And I, I spent a year in Port Arthur and absolutely loved it. Uh, that was the case. You know, there wasn't no papados or anything up here then. You didn't have Cajun food at all. And I'm down there with those damn Cajuns, and I was one of them. Boy, I liked the way I liked the way I liked the way the Cajuns live. And uh, so, about a year, I was down there a year, and Walter called me and said, "You want to come back to the morning news?" And I went, "Man, I like it down here, Walt." And he said, "Well, keep your ass down there then, if you know." But they told me at the uh, uh, it's the people at the Port Arthur News, some great people who helped me a lot. They were going, do you want to be a sports writer? And I went, yeah. And they went, well, if you're at the Port Arthur News and the Dallas Morning News calls, you go. And I went, okay, I'm going. So that's how it, that's how it all started in 65. I'm telling you. We've lost control of the show. We'll get it back to sell you a few things. Then we'll come back and lose control again with, with Randy Galloway and Dale Hansen on the ticket.
<laughs> Go to the contest page and register to win a pair of tickets to the Dallas Safari Clubs Convention and Sporting Expo January 5th to the 8th at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. Over 800 exhibits, including travel, sporting gear, art collectibles, and much more. For tickets and info and more details, visit biggame.org, Norman. This is the 22nd annual Whataburger Normathon benefiting Austin Street Center for the Homeless. We're at Crest and Diamond Factory. is also a major sponsor of this event. Go, well, we've got eight incredible major auction items. Incredible vacations, your own, your chance to own 10% of your own racehorse. We got an incredible fishing trip to Brazil for two. We got a Pat Green home concert. It, we've got a home theater. The prizes are enormous. Go to text, that is, Austin Street, one word, to 56651. That's 56651. You will immediately get a text back asking if you want to donate, which we'd love you to do, or to bid. And if you choose bid, it shows you all eight items described and what the high bid is right now. Two last very quick things. There was a fellow who came in with his son, walked up here with, I don't know if you saw him with a cardboard box. Every year he shows up at Normathon. Here's his deal. He travels all the time. All the time he travels for his work. At every place he stops, he will take every day the hotel shampoo, conditioner, and soap. And he'll put all of it in his, in his suitcase, bring it home, and once a year drops off this giant box to take down to the shelter. Uh, and look at this. This fellow dropped off two books by my favorite author, Michael Conley. Isn't this nice? Right here. I thought you, you told me you were your favorite author, Norm. Yeah, I was going to say. No, uh, no, it's uh, not me. You dropped those books off? No, believe me. Yeah, Norm, you, you, you were talking about how long we've all been doing it. How long, when was it that you started doing your picks of the poll uh, on the radio? Oh, that was in the late 70s at KERA. Yeah. So, all, 50 years. Yeah. See, this is the thing, Galloway, if you ever knows it. 50 years, Norm's been doing the picks of the poll. Telling you how to bet on football games, right? I mean, he's been that go-to source for 50 years. Uh-oh. And that's why most of those people are now living at the Austin Street. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it's kind of, it's kind of guilted Norman to do it. He's trying to give back for all the money he's now, lost. He's, he's trying to make up, you know. <laughs> I saw he, he was driving by the shelter the other day, and the guy leaned out the window, and he goes, I told you Cincinnati wouldn't cover Norman. And, you know, but, uh, <laughs> okay, Sean. I've been, I've been waiting have... all day for that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> so good. All right. I have a question for the three of you. Sorry, Donnie. Uh, that, no, no offense But, taken. Norm, I grew up listening to you on 570, Galloway on 820, and I would see Dale on my TV every night as a kid. I'm, I want you to go back to the 80s in Dallas. Uh. Pre, <laughs> pre-internet. I want to know about what you thought. Looking back at your egos at the time, looking back on the nightlife, looking back on the scene as the the, the big prominent sportscasters you were 
back then. Well, I, I've said it many times. The only reason I'm still, or was employed, uh, still alive, uh, and still have friends is that there was no uh, Internet, there was no cell phone, <laughs> right. uh, and, and there was no TMZ. Um, but people say to me, well, aren't, aren't you glad that you survived those crazy days of the 80s and, and you were able to move past it? I said, hell no, I'd go back in a heartbeat. I, mean, I, I would love to go back in a heartbeat. Would we not, Galloway? Well, I had a, uh, probably since I was about 11, up Wild Street. And so that... <laughs> 11, wow, okay. That kind of built and built over the years. But in uh, uh, 1972, the Washington Senators moved here, and uh, the paper said, you're covering baseball. And I did that for 10 years, and that's one of the damnedest things, because in the 70s, baseball players are totally different today. That was the wildest group uh, players, and they would whip your ass if they, you know, based on what you wrote. I wasn't on the radio then, and they read it all. And so you learned so much, but then you learned a lot once the game was over. You learned a lot more because there was some, uh, oh, there was some crazy stuff going on. So surviving 10 years of covering baseball in, in that era of baseball, I, uh, I'm thankful, I'm really, really, really thankful, and and a lot of those players have not survived along the way. Yeah. Uh, some of the crazier ones uh, have have not made it, and some of them died very young. And I'm going, I know why, uh, because I was there and uh, I, I, I kind of watched it. But that was the uh, that was kind of the craziest time that uh, that I've seen some. Wild scenes. Let me tell you, Randy just told you the absolute truth. Back then I did an article for D Magazine. I I wrote several for them, but I did one on the two Mike Hargroves. Okay? He was the Rangers' first baseman. And one of them was, quit hitting him in the middle of the lineup, let him bat leadoff where he belongs. He doesn't look like a leadoff hitter, but he is. And the title of the other one was, Mike Hargrove... The emptiest 300 hitter in the major leagues. <laughs> well, it was it was two good portraits, one very positive and one, you know. Well, Jim Reeves' column, another one of our old friends. Mike Hargrove was quoted, the next time I see Norm Hitzkiss, I'm going to punch him out. And I thought, dear God. Well, it was a few weeks before I wandered down to the batting theater. And, and I was sitting there. I thought, okay. I'm going to go approach him. Walked over to him and I said, I'm, I'm sorry you're upset, but let me show you. Just the research, let me show you this. And Hargrove stands there and he looks at it and, and just walks away. Well, we've been friends ever since. And yeah. you, Randy, you could make, Dale, you could make friends back then. With football players, with basketball yep, yep, players, yep, 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 you could yep. actually make was, friends with. See, them. I, I, I liked it, and I used to get criticized for the fact that I was indeed the uh, self-appointed president of the Troy Aikman Fan Club. Mm-hmm. Not uh, a bad fan club, uh, by the no, way. I, no, I was, I was on board. Um, as, as Aikman said in Sports Illustrated one time, uh, everybody in 1989 and most of 1990 thought Aikman was a bust, and the guy says that to him, and he goes, "Well, everybody but Hanson." 
and it was true. I, I was, I don't know why, I just, I just liked the guy, and, um, and, but, and I found myself kind of walking that line every so often, and Galloway used to beat me up for it on occasion, and, uh, Barry Horn and others, and I was, you know, what are you, are you like the journalist, sportscaster, or are you like hanging out with your buddy? And I went, yeah. yeah you were full yeah. of crap, actually. Yeah, true. Well, that was amazing. Though. But, but, it, and it's this line that we all walk, I think, in our business, it, Aikman gave me a lot of really good stories, and he didn't give them to me at the podium during press conferences on Wednesday. He gave them to me over a beer at 8-0's on Thursday night. And, and standing, having a beer in training camp after late-night practice meetings were over. Those were where, the, and you know that, those were where the real stories come from. And I used to get dozens of those. And every so often I would find myself saying, well, I, I don't think I can say that because Aikman will get upset. And one time I did, and Aikman, Galloway never let me forget it. I, I made a comment that really ticked Aikman off, and he didn't talk to me for like six, seven months. But he was talking to me. He was talking to you, <laughs> mainly blasting me. Yeah, right. And Galloway says, he said, the worst part of that whole seven-month period was Hanson kept walking around. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What, what did I say? You know, you know you- uh, we had a... Speaking of, oh, I love Troy too, and and it's but, too late now. I'm I'm the president. I'm the president. <laughs> Cowboys were in uh, their uh, the playoff game in Detroit with Jimmy in ninety uh, two, uh, and they lost that game. Ninety one, ninety one, ninety one season. Blown yeah. out, yeah. and the nicest guy in the world started quarterback. Yep, because Troy had been hurt. Steve Berline. Steve right. Berline, and Steve's at quarterback. Jimmy said, uh, I'm going to have to go with Berline because he's been playing so good. And in that game, he played awful. They put in Troy. He played awful. And Troy and Jimmy were not getting along. So we're in the locker room after the game. And it's pretty quiet in there. Jimmy's raising hell. But after Jimmy speaks and we interview him, I said, I see Aikman kind of over to his locker in the corner, and he's giving me one of these. <laughs> and he said, uh, put this in your damn paper. I want to be traded. I'm out of here. I'm never playing for the Cowboys again. Whoa. And I went, okay, I'm writing that for damn sure. Let's talk about it. And then he went, tell you what, don't write it for tomorrow. And I said, Troy, I've just got this. <laughs> I've just got the story of the stories. He said, don't write it. I promise you this kind of guy Aikman was. He said, I will call you before noon tomorrow. Are you going to be at the office? I said, I'll be at the morning news. He knew the number. And uh, in the sports department, about 1145, the phone rings. He goes, you won't believe this. He was going to tell Jimmy, get my ass out of here now. I don't want to play for you. He was livid. Yeah. And he's, he calls me and said, you won't believe what happened. And I said, what happened? He said, Jimmy called me in and went, Troy, whatever you want, this whole team is yours. You've got it. Well, there's, you just tell me the players you want. Tell me the offensive coordinator you want, which led to Norv and, you know, being Troy and so tight. And I went, well, this is great. <laughs> But they're going to have a damn press conference. And we, there wasn't any Internet. 
And there, there wasn't any Twitter. Yeah, you could right. get it out you on your Twitter it, account. Right, right. That's right. There wasn't any Twitter. And I went, this is really great, Troy. Thanks a lot. You <laughs> I could have had the greatest story in the world the night before, but now everybody was going to have it. For, well, for actually, actually, he called me at 1130 <laughs> and said, I've got to call Galloway after I talk to you. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, that, that was, I mean, that, that was a whole different time, though. I mean, uh, you would get stories from players and comments from players. But now most of them are so programmed. And it, it's, yeah, I don't know why the networks are paying, like, sideline reporters to interview players and coaches during the game. You know, if I hear one more coach say, well, you know, we got to tighten up a few things and we want to execute a little bit better and we've got to come out and play hard. Well, thanks for sharing that. And then they look at the re- sideline reporter like, here's your check. And I'm like, what? what is, this is crazy. But people used to say things. They used to say it. And that was when it was, I thought, a great deal more fun than it is now. Yeah, I was, I was in spring training. They had, the Rangers had already gone to Arizona, so this was uh, probably 12 years ago. And we're drinking beer in a restaurant bar. And Michael Young comes in. He's got his wife. His family was there. And another player was with him with his wife. And uh, I said, Michael, I've been in every bar in Surprise, Arizona, which I had been. <laughs> I said, I, I have not missed a damn bar in this town. I don't see you. And I know Michael liked to drink beer. I, I never see you. I never see a ball player out. Back in the day, by God, oh, ball wow, players wow. went to the bars, and they, you know, they've stayed in the bars. Well, the and Michael, I said, "What do you do? And why don't you go to bars?" And he pointed right there. Yeah. Yep. And I said, "That's the greatest point of yep. all. You don't want your your picture is going to appear somewhere in the thing." Let, let me give you my Jimmy Johnson story, and, and again, this was in a bar. Shocking! I, I tell you what. Uh, oh, you got to tell the story. Right, yeah. We're going to take a break. We come right we back. We just with... had a damn break. Yeah. <laughs> we come back with Dale. <laughs> what kind of station is it? How much money you guys? Well, wait. wait. Galloway's used to working on ESPN radio. They didn't, they didn't have commercial breaks on this show. <laughs> we didn't have commercials. <laughs> Oh, wow. This is the- go ahead, Norm. Make some money. Yeah, that's right, Norm. Hell this is yeah. Twenty second. Do it a little quicker if you could. You're, you're yeah. burning up our time. Okay, that's it. A break. Let's go. We'll come back and talk to them. It's and you know this, Norm. We are here. It's the twenty second annual Waterburger Normathon, and we have Dallas media royalty in our presence. You have Norm Hitzkus, of course, the namesake of this event. You have sake of this event. You have Dale Hansen. And Randy Galloway, they've been here for a couple of segments, and it's been awesome to listen to you guys talk about what Dallas was like when you guys were. Uh, I mean, you, you guys are still great, but when you were, when you were more great, uh, I didn't now, want my wife. Yeah. Say that now, you, always had, you always had to fight your way through Dallas on those horse and buggies. <laughs> okay, Dale's Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was 1989, and and. Uh, everybody was waiting for Steve Pelour, who was holding out at quarterback, and wow. he was demanding this big money. And Aikman was a rookie. So Jimmy calls me. We go have a, a margarita at one of these Mexican restaurants. And, and uh, the great Greg Aiello uh, was with us. Oh. And Jimmy looks over at me, and he goes, uh, uh, I'm starting Troy Aikman in, in September. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, you can't do that. I mean, rookie quarterbacks did not start in 1989. 
And he goes, I'm telling you, I'm starting Troy Aikman because Pelour has um, the size of raisins. <laughs> oh, okay. so he says, hey, I understand. All right. He can't play for me because I said, well, can you clean that up? He goes, no, that's what you get. So I'm, I'm so I said, well, no, I, there's no way. And, and Jimmy looks over at Greg Allen and says, I thought you said this was the big man. He goes, Greg looked at me and said, pay attention. He's giving you the story. So I went back, did my show for the 10 o'clock sports. Forget the Steve Pelour contract demands. He's not coming back. Troy Aikman will be the starter as a rookie in September. The great Frank Luxa writes in the morning news the very next day, the Cowboys have upped their offer to Steve Pelour. <laughs> Marty Haig wakes me up about 6 o'clock California time. Uh-oh. So I'd been asleep for at least an hour. <laughs> and I told him, he said, who's your source? Who's your source? I said, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to get you. Get me the source. I said, well, he's pretty good. Um, it's Jimmy Johnson. And he goes, Jimmy Johnson gave you that? I said, that, that's what he did. He goes, well, you better be right. <laughs> and, and I was, and it turned out great. And, uh, and then since that point, I always said Jimmy Johnson was the greatest coach ever. That I was, was, was Jimmy Johnson the most intricate human being oh. you've ever run across? Yeah, crazy. Randy? Uh, I've run across some strange people. I'm one of them myself, but I would put Jimmy in a strangest category strange ist category i've got a, i've got him pretty close to the top if not right there on the top he uh and i i did not like him when he first got here and he tell, and I, tell the three inch headline story he, when he well, called you at the station well yeah but i'm talking about early on he and i didn't get along and then i finally it finally hit me if you want to just knowing jimmy the little bit i knew him if you want to survive as a columnist, you better get to know Jimmy on a more friendly basis because he's going to give you stuff. Yep, yep. He's going to drop it on you. But uh, I ended up liking the hell out of him. And that, uh, of course, what Dale's talking about was uh, 1993. 93. Uh, January of 93. I'm doing the sports at six. On uh, the blowtorch of the Southwest, <laughs> WBAP. And uh, the, our producer, David Hatchett, went, Jimmy Johnson's calling in. And I'm going, wonder what he wants. And so we get him on the air, and he said, hey, uh, uh, you know, I oh, I just talked to Dan Reeves. We had Dan Reeves, who was coaching at Atlanta. Dan was going, eh, I don't know if Dallas can actually stopped the 49ers. They were playing them two days. In two days, I don't know this. Well, Jimmy hears this. He's listening. So he was jacked up on Heineken. I don't think there was any doubt about that. And I later found out driving his Corvette jacked up on Heineken. But uh, he, uh, uh, Jimmy calls in, and that's when he went into, uh, hey, I just want to tell you, we will win the ball game. Put it in three-inch headlines. We will win the ball game. Well, I'm thinking, hey, I've got to. Uh, as soon as this show's over, I got to call the morning news and tell them we need a little story on that. And I'm not. I'm not even worried about it. And the next thing I know, they bring me wire copy, 
and it's all over the world. <laughs> right, right. David Hatchett, thank God, our producer was wise enough to immediately call the AP. And so they they ran it out everywhere. I'm just going to get a little morning news story in. The, oh, yeah. And, and the, the paper came out the next day in three-inch yeah, headlines. Yeah. We will win the game. But Jimmy, Jimmy was, yeah, oh. you know, Norm, that's, I, Jimmy's just one of the greatest. I mean, I like I, I said, we didn't uh, we didn't get along. I didn't get along with him early on, but uh, and a lot of it had to do with Aikman. I did not think he liked Aikman, and I thought that was stupid. And uh, but as it turned out, uh, I had a great relationship with him. Thank God, helped me survive. Helped his big butt survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I did his TV show for a couple of years at Channel Four. Yeah, and Jimmy. Jimmy really disliked having him coming down to Channel 4 because Jerry had written the contract and he got no money for doing his coaching show. Well, Jimmy hated that. But they win the Super Bowl. And Channel 4 asked if I would co-anchor with Clarice, the post-Super Bowl party. Well, we're into this thing for an hour, an hour and a half, and Jimmy arrives with his entourage, his family, Nick Kristen is attorney, and so Jimmy comes up to sit down, and Clarice says, well, I'll let you handle this. So Jimmy's just, he's just ecstatic. He's just ecstatic. So I ask him about this Sports Illustrated article that was written during the season by Doug Looney, and Doug Looney painted this dark picture of Jimmy Johnson, really dark, with his Barbara Streisand albums and his white shag carpet and his Heinekens and not sending his parents any gift at Christmas time and what a bad father he is. And it was it was a bad article. So in the midst of this celebration, Norm makes the mistake. <laughs> Not necessarily a mistake, but a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> Two totally different things. <laughs> I said, is there just anything you might regret about this season? And Jimmy turns dark. in, And he could turn dark in ten seconds. Yeah. And he says... I regret letting that man in my house. <laughs> and he proceeds to go on this defense of himself. And he says, I'm a good father. Come on up here to his sons. Come on up here. I'm not a bad father. I'm just consumed by the football season. And he says, my attorney can tell you this. Come on up here. And suddenly, we're surrounded by sons and wives and attorneys and that wife. And... And Jimmy goes on this rant for about two minutes. And he says, but I'll tell you right now, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so, just so happy right now. I'm so happy I kissed Norm Hitzkiss. <laughs> and, and he turns and kisses me, gets up and walks off stage. Jimmy was, Jimmy was a hoot. Day-to-day, he was a hoot, wasn't he? What did he plant that kiss? I'm sorry to say, was there tongue involved? I think think there was another story that could have have been done. I I was playing playing blackjack in in London when the Cowboys were over there playing. I remember this story. And Jimmy Johnson walks up to the table. We had all the coaches there. And Jimmy put $1,000 on everybody's uh, box, including mine. I said, well, I, I can't. 
All right, let it sit here. <laughs> anyway, I lost the journalistic ethics. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, there's, there's journalistic ethics, and then there's a thousand dollars. So I sold them. I sold them. I went, anyway, I lost my hand, but be that as it may, uh, I walked over. Jimmy called me over to his table. Now in London, they play with these chips, and they're like they're like Monopoly type figurines and stuff. They're, they're not just like your typical round colored chips. Mm-hmm. They're, they're triangles and squares and dogs and ponies and whatever. <laughs> and Jimmy says, sit down, sit down. Well, I look down and the table says it's $500 minimum. Well, no. I mean, I'm not playing. And he goes, no, no, play whatever you want. So I'm playing like $50. And Jimmy's got three different boxes. If you know uh, uh, blackjack at all, but three different hands. Yep. And he's got all these little triangle things. I said, well, how much is that? And he goes, well, it's 5000 a piece. Wow. Whoa. So Jimmy's betting 5000 5000 5000 He's betting $15,000 on one turn of the cards. And I'm sitting over at third base, and I bet like 75 bucks. <laughs> he goes, oh, don't worry about it. You know how to play. You know how to play. All of a sudden, this like, Arab sheik walks up, and he drops down like $150. He goes, I'm sorry, sir. It, it's a $500 minimum. He goes, well, he's only betting like 75. He goes, well, he's with Jimmy Johnson, and you're not. <laughs> and we then leave. Rhonda, his girlfriend, and I are walking out of the casino, and I look oh. over. I said, because Jimmy just lost all night. I said, how much, how much did Jimmy lose? Jimmy spins around. He goes, are you asking what I lost? I said, well, I'm just kind of curious. He goes, I lost $68,000. Wow. I'm like, oh, my God. And he goes, tell him what I won last night. And the night before, he won 191000 Oh, my God. So we got back to the hotel. He called Bruce Mays, his right-hand guy. He said, Bruce, tell Hanson what you did. Bruce said, put Jimmy back on. I put Jimmy back on. He said, I said, tell Hanson what he did. I hands me the phone, and Bruce Mays goes, uh, yeah, I wired $191,000 uh, back to the States from last night's winnings. And I said, well, you might want to call him and see if you can get 68000 <laughs> But he was crazy. I mean... Aikman was down in the Bahamas playing blackjack, running great. Called Jimmy late at night, just left a text. You know, said, oh, you should be here. It's unbelievable. Aikman walks down into the casino the next morning, and Jimmy's sitting at the table. <laughs> chartered a jet and flew down, and Aikman said, what are you doing here? And he said, you said the tables were hot, so I flew down. <laughs> Craziest man in the world. I, oh, I, yeah. love, I love covering him. He was uh, a riot. Yeah, that, you know, the best. Speaking of a riot. I knew we'd lose control of this show for an hour. Well, we're already over we, overtime for the 12 minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> we can't tell you how much we enjoyed this. I, I, I'm sure I speak for Donnie and Sean, for the listeners, everybody here at Crest. Thank you, guys. It's uh, my uh, pleasure. I my wish pleasure. I wish we had been drinking. Uh, it would have been a lot better. Yeah, me, me too. I thought there would be that damn Dan Bennett won't provide any alcohol. So, uh, wow. I mean, he hasn't changed a bit. You, you know what I really like? I, I look forward. I look forward to the day when I get as old as Galloway, so I too can cuss on the radio with impunity. <laughs> isn't it cute? Isn't it cute the things he says? That old. Isn't that cute what he says? Well, I have not cussed. You, you've got to leave to play. You've got to leave to play poker. I got to go play at okay. the uh, at the at the uh, poker house. Yeah. Do you have any horses you're going to leave to go see how they are? Uh, I've got one horse, but he's retired. I got a retired thoroughbred at the house, and uh, I got to go feed. All right, okay, lads. Wow, thank you. God Enjoyed bless. it. Thank you all. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Man. Wow. 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 Wow.